there is a quality that your client has that is going to be the difference between a successful engagement with you and an unsuccessful engagement with you. And in today's episode, Jacqueline Lane and Scott Osman are going to share their viewpoint on what that one thing is that's going to create a successful outcome for your client. Together, they run 100coaches.com and the 100 Coaches Agency, which is a community of coaches and leadership experts, as well as an agency that connects them with the world's greatest leaders that are looking to be coached. They co-founded that with the famous and the incredible leader and coach himself, Marshall Goldsmith, a couple of years ago. And I'm excited to dive into the one thing that will help you set up more powerful engagements with your clients. The good thing is it's a little bit more about them than it is about you. However, as you'll hear in the conversation, it's important that you embrace this as well to constantly level up your skills, qualities, and of course, successful attributes for your career. Welcome to the UpCoach Podcast for modern coaches and creators with your host, Todd Herman. In 20 minutes or less, our goal is to share one big idea that will transform your coaching and your business. So let's get into today's episode. Jacqueline and Scott, thank you so much for joining the UpCoach Podcast. Great to be here, Todd. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah. There we go. I always have to wait for you know two people to now respond. This is going to be a real test of any sort of interviewing skills that I do or do not have. But before we jump into this one thing that I'm very excited for both of you to share, I'd love to find out. Jacqueline, we'll let you go first. Ada Scott, what's like? How did you get into the world of coaching? Who is it that you serve, and what's that world look like for you? Thank you. So I first started in the world of coaching originally through my husband. He hired an executive coach many years ago when he was at a point in his career where he was feeling very stuck. And I observed this transformation that started to happen in his life where he was working less. He got promoted twice in a very short period of time. He was having all this success and having a much more fulfilling work in life. And I remember thinking at the time, wow, there's something to this. Maybe I need to hire a coach for myself. And so I went on the journey of finding a coach myself and discovered how difficult it can be to find a coach. I remember going through LinkedIn and HBR and looking at all the, like reading some of my favorite books from coaches and leadership experts, but I really had a difficult time. And, you know, it's funny. Now we're getting to work at the Mm. 100 Coaches Agency. We've created a process that helps people find the right coach for them because it is a very varied field. And so it's a real joy to work with leaders to help them find that perfect fit, take them through our curation process. And yeah, it's a pleasure to work with Scott. We've been doing this now for over three years. Amazing. And Scott, for you, what's that journey been for you to get into this world of coaching and what you guys are passionate about right now? Yeah. So full confession, I didn't know anything about coaching eight years ago. I mean, I'd gone through my whole career, never had a coach, didn't know about coaching. And then for a completely different reason, got introduced to Marshall Goldsmith. And he was, at the time, he was working on triggers and I was doing something digital with him. And then he said, he called me up one day, he said, I want to teach 15 people everything I know about coaching. I, candidly, at first, I thought maybe he means he wants to teach me about coaching. That sounds like fun. But actually, he wanted me to help him put a workshop together. He had posted LinkedIn, 12,000 people had applied to be one of those 15. It's now 20,000 people have applied. So... We put together the first group of 25, and over the course of a year, we did it four times. 
hence the hundred. And then we brought everybody together and turned out like they really liked being together. And we said, let's make this into a community, which we did. And that community is now 400 people. So I've kind of, you know, on the job training, learned about coaching, coming in with a beginner's mind, but being around like the most incredible coaches in the world and learning from them. And then of course, one day became coachable, but that's a whole other story. Yeah. Well, for both of you, because of your vantage point of the, it's a bit of a different way to come into the world of coaching because you didn't necessarily come in with the desire to start a coaching practice necessarily. And now you have this agency. It's a little bit more of, you've got this perspective of being able to look on the outside in a lot of times. What are some of the qualities of some of those really great coaches that you've come in contact with without spilling the beans yet because it's not this isn't the lead in yet on that one thing but i'm just from a meta perspective what are some of those qualities that you've seen amongst those really great coaches that make a big impact i think for me there's one quality that separates good coaches from great coaches and i think it's that good coaches know how to talk the talk but a great coach knows how to walk the walk you know they really live what they talk about and that makes an enormous difference. There's someone who walks beside someone and can listen for a long time and ask great questions. I think some of the most powerful coaching I've observed is when something just gets unlocked in someone. Mm -hmm. uh, they have a flash of insight or this moment where their life is really never quite the same. And that's a powerful thing. Or someone who just calls out the best in someone, someone who can hold them accountable to reaching those goals. Those are some of the qualities yeah. we see. Scott, you know, I would say, and listen, full disclosure, like there's a huge world of coaching out there. We're fully aware of that. And there's lots of different styles and expertise and levels and all that kind of thing. And there's also this like super rare level that we are just fortunate enough to operate at of, you know, realistically among the best coaches in the world. They're all, our arrangements, they're all solo entrepreneurs. We represent them. That's our thing. And they, they fall into multiple camps, right? There's some amazing coaches that have been in the C-suite. And so they've been there, done that, they know how to do it. There's some coaches who have never been executives and are just, you know, decades of coaching gives them this rich experience. And then there's another category of coaches that are, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, organizational behavior style. So they're coming from very different places. But at their core, for me, what I see is two things. Number one, they are able to develop a deep and trusted connection with the person they're working with. So there's complete openness and transparency and trust. And again, at the level that many of our coaches are operating in, that's a very rare thing. You know, one of the things common among all top leaders is they don't really have anybody that they can talk to in a trusted way because everybody needs or wants something from them. So that ability to be that like very close trusted relationship is key. And then knowing what to do with that relationship, both in terms of, you know, it's, it's a funny thing. On the one hand, being respectful, and on the other hand, being sometimes I would call it abrasively blunt, right? And tell them unabashedly what they need to hear. Yeah. I mean, my perspective on coaching to doing this for such a long time is if I'd say one of the weakest parts of a lot of coaches is knowing how to force accountability with people because the nature of a lot of coaches is so much that they are very good at encouraging. They're kind of encouraging type people. And they have, I think, a bad relationship with the idea of being blunt or forceful or, you know, holding people to account. So that's something that a lot of people to work on. Going back to your statement, Jacqueline, about that, the ability of those coaches, I look at it as one of the things that makes them so good at that then is 
they have a very good discipline of staying in their lane. One of the worst things you can do as a coach is say that, oh, I can help you on like 96 different genres and topics on things. And the most impactful coaches that I've come across experienced myself, they have a a very solid lane that they stay inside of. And the moment that the relationship or the person sort of looks to them to help them with some other aspect that's outside of their wheelhouse or you know, discipline, they're good at steering them towards someone else. Right. I think that's, it takes a lot of discernment about where to say yes and where to say no. And a yeah. coach really models that for their client. Yeah. I think the other thing sort of building on that for just a moment is... Marshall's great at that. It's just saying like, this is the thing I don't do. Don't look to me for anything else. The other thing, and we made a decision, I certainly made a decision early on that I was not going to coach. Even though, you know, it's very easy for, you know, in the interview process, say, well, do you coach? But I don't want to put myself in the way of it. And one of the things that my heart really goes out to with coaches is you have to be not just willing, but embracing of being fired, which is a little counterintuitive for people. So if you're afraid of being fired as a coach, then you might not be, you're not going to say the things that might get you fired, which are probably some of the things that the person you're coaching really needs to hear. Knowing that a relationship will run its course. I'm even thinking one of our coaches literally says, I'm going to say things to you during the course of this relationship that are, like, could well get me fired and that's okay. Yeah. You just have to accept the fact that you're going to say some hard things that people really don't like it. That may be the end, but that's part of the price of coaching. That's a great tone setter is what that is. One of the yeah. great questions he asks people is, you know, on a scale of one to 10 today, how close did you come to firing me? Did I push, <laughs> how hard did I push you today? Right. right? And I love that question mm -hmm. because if someone says, oh, you know, it's four. He said he was surprised the first 10 times he asked that question. How many times people said, oh, four. You know, you didn't really push me that hard. Yeah. But the funny thing is most coaches think that if they even say something slightly negative, that it's being received in a really impactful way. But I think if people started asking that question, they'd realize you can actually push a person a lot further. So. Yeah. And then it's knowing the dance of when you can do that with someone, when they're emotionally stable enough in that moment to push them when they're not. Absolutely. So those are such great points. And I love the vantage point that you both have because of the different role that you're playing in the kind of coaching ecosystem. So it kind of gives you a good perspective or a different one, at least. So getting to the one thing, then I'm curious from your experience, what that big difference maker is in the experience of the coaching relationship and success and results. So throw it at me. Well, we've had the great pleasure of doing this now for several years. We've witnessed over 300 executives and engagements. And, you know, at that point now just started to aggregate what makes certain engagements successful versus others. And there's mm -hmm. really one characteristic that has consistently risen to the top. And that's what we call coachability, which is dependent not on the quality of the coach, but rather on the quality and coachability of the leader. Right. I mean, that's in Sparta's story of the book. It was Marshall's insight, quite frankly. Fortune's not even the word you can only imagine being in partnership relationship with Marshall and being able to work with him on a regular basis and listen to his stories over and over and over again. You know, he'll, he'll say to me sometimes, oh, you've heard the story before, are you bored of it? And every time I hear it, I learn something new because it's always, it's incredibly simple and very rich at the same time. And one of the stories he loves to say is if you want to have great outcomes, start with great inputs, Input. right? You want to have a great, successful coaching engagement start with someone who is a great coachee. Mm -hmm. 
And we, after we heard that a lot, we had been talking about writing this book and we realized there isn't actually a book that we could find that helped people become great coaches to prepare themselves for the coaching relationship and understand what they needed to bring to get value from it. And then we surveyed our network of amazing coaches and listened to what they said about what it takes to be a great coachee. And that, that became the book, Become a Coachable. Well, I mean, even for, for me, and that's how we actually connected when the book was just about to be coming out. I had commented on the, I think it was Marshall's LinkedIn post saying, you know, just popped in and bought a bunch for our clients because we have a whole onboarding in our world of how to get the most out of us and how to be coachable and the attitudes and everything, but being able to give them an artifact like a book now that can sit on the desk and stare back at them and remind them that there is roles that we all play. And in you know my ecosystem, you're the coachee. And at the same time, though, I would say to coaches is don't ever lose the perspective that you're also getting a lot of value from that relationship. And many times, you know, you're almost coaching yourself into becoming a better coach. So there's a role that you play as being a coachee just in the dialogue and the back and forth with that client too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is one of the core insights we had too. And this goes back to what I just said earlier about the great coaches walk the walk. Great coaches are also coachable people. They know what it means Mm -hmm. to receive coaching. And oftentimes a great coaching relationship a great coach is soliciting feedbacks from their client all the time. Was this what you needed? Did you get something insightful out of this? How close were you to firing me today? It's all about continuing to exchange that feedback so that we can continue to grow and become yeah. better. It's such an important message for the people that are, I'd say, in the first three years of their coaching careers as well. And there's quite a few that listen that would be in that phase because of the pervasive narrative that you've got to sort of posture like you have all things figured out. One of the things that I share with people that I wish I had gotten it as a sort of frame of mind early in my career, I picked it up pretty quick, but that was because of a mentor of mine. And it was not being so quick to offer the advice or the coaching in that moment. If you want to really sit with something for a while and say, you know what, Jacqueline, let me get back to you on that. Because the way that the coachee receives it is oh, they're actually patient with this. They're going to come back to me with the right thing instead of the most quick or the speedy response. And then when you follow up on time, like before tomorrow, whenever you said you're going to follow up, or you hit follow up ahead of time, the message that that person receives is, it's basically very similar to Gary Chapman's five love languages. It's the acts of service. That person actually followed up with me ahead of time and the idea that a lot of people take away from that is that that person was thinking about me when I wasn't even around. I wasn't on the synchronous you know, video Zoom call or whatever. So the agency is about three years old now, and it's amazing. But the community is over seven. And over the course of seven years, you know, I've been sort of in this community with these amazing coaches. And one of the things that's really worth noting is they're all growing all the time. You know, considering where they start at a very high level, Like I've been able to watch them evolve and become richer coaches, not more money, although that's true too, but really they've evolved, their personalities have evolved, their expertise has evolved. They're always learning and improving. And I think that's a great lesson for everybody. Yeah. So coming back to your coachability, like that one thing, any qualities 
traits, attributes that you would wrap around that you could share allows someone to sort of sink into the idea of coachability even that much better? Or even what's one of the things that gets in the way of someone being coachable? Right. I mean, we can certainly talk about you know mindsets and qualities of people who are very coachable, but I think I'd first like to mention what we call our openness framework. And our openness framework is this idea that if you are open to making a change, if you are open to receiving feedback, if you're open to taking action and open to being held accountable, that makes you coachable. And of course, part of the reason we use the word becoming is because you never just arrive, you never are coachable. You are be constantly mm-hmm. becoming more and more coachable and you are becoming more and more open all the time to those ideas. But just, you know, if you can crack the door open a little bit, let that light shine through and take that first step, then the coaching process will carry you. You'll start to build some mm-hmm. momentum, turn that flywheel. And I think people will really start to see radical results from coaching. So then, Scott, what would you say is one of the impediments then that would prevent or stop some people from accepting the moniker or the attitude of coachability? Well, speaking for myself, because as literally, as we see in the book, like I was not always coachable. I thought I had all the, not all the answers, but I had the answers. You know, life was good. And I was coming up with a lot of the, all the answers, you know, I had successful career, different careers and call up a coach. And they'd say, you know, from, from our network, like friends of mine, say, I want to coach. And they said, what do you want to work on? You know, I'm, I'm pretty good. I don't have to work on anything. And they'd say, well, I can't coach you then. And then Jacqueline pointed out that, you know, I don't have to have all the answers. In fact, I'll let go of that. Then other people can have answers and there's a richness to that. And once I let go of that, then I found a coach and he said, okay, now let's work on expansion. Once you let go of thinking that you have to have all the answers, it turns out that the idea that you have all the answers is a self-limiting belief. And if you are open to other people having answers. And now uh, there's a whole world of growth that comes out. So as I said, speaking for myself, one of the great limitations of being coachable is thinking that you know it all. So would you say that an easy label to put around that is the ego of someone getting in the way? I wouldn't say that. I mean, I don't think I had a big ego, but yeah, I would. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Ego is a huge impediment to coaching. If you can't open up and let a coach in and say, look, I want to, I mean, like, the first thing in the openness framework is open to change, mm-hmm. right? And if you think you know it all, then you don't need to change. Yeah. So a question for you then, if in the past you had approached other coaches and you said, hey, I want to get coached, that would tell me that you've got some desire to want to improve. And then when that person says, okay, well, what do you want to get coached on? And you're like, I don't know, things are pretty good. Like when you went back to another coach, did you have a different answer the next time? Or was it that you said, I just have a desire to want to expand. Like, I don't know what that is yet. I just want to expand. Like, how did that work for you then? Either a special case or a rare case. I just wanted to like see what coaching was about. I don't know that I really wanted to be coached. I wanted to experience coaching. But you can't experience coaching unless you're ready to be coached. And then this combination of sort of Jacqueline's comment and meeting a coach who recognized in me that what I needed, like what opened me up was the idea of expansion, not fixing. This question, what do you want to work on? is saying, what do you see wrong in yourself? Whereas the question of like, let's try expansion is saying like, let's figure out what growth looks like for you. And for me, that was just a great unlock. I love that you just broke it down into that part. I just was talking to someone today 
who had reached out to do some private work with me. And I still keep a cordon of my, even though I'm scaling, you know, businesses, coaching is still my favorite activity in my entire week. And he had never been coached for. He had just sold his company for hundreds of millions of dollars. And he was in this kind of new, well, what's next space. And he was starting to tell himself a story that there was something broken about himself that needed to get fixed. And my favorite thing is to actually make problems disappear. Because a lot of human beings, we do that. We invent problems because I'm a great problem solver. So I'm going to invent a problem for myself to kind of tackle. And I was like, no, you're not that. It's more what's next, which is kind of the expansion thing, the exploration side of things too. So before we wrap up, Jacqueline, last word, it's yours. Anything you want to add or subtract or contribute to the final thoughts about coachability? I love this from Marshall. Sure. He has this exercise where he goes around the room and says, okay, everyone, think of some one thing in your life you want to change. And he waits for a second. And he says, if you can't think of anything, choose humility. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think that's... <laughs> I think that's just a great insight. It, when in doubt, choose humility. Mm, that's great. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for joining us and dropping some little wisdom bombs from your perspective. And again, like up to this point, I've only ever brought in people who strictly do coaching with people. So to bring in you two who run an agency and you have a perspective that allows you to see world-class people doing their thing. And then, of course, writing the book, Becoming Coachable, which are your insights from you know the seven plus years of being around Marshall and Marshall Goldsmith for anyone who never heard us share his last name if you're not already familiar with Marshall. It's been a treat. So thank you so much. Thanks, thank you Todd. so much, Todd. What Thanks. a great it's been conversation. A real pleasure, yeah. Thanks. And well, before you go too, I want to give you the chance. What's the place that people can go to to learn more about you and the work that you two are up to? Absolutely. So we have a website, becomingcoachable.com, where you can learn more about our book, Becoming Coachable, and it has a link to Amazon. If you're interested in picking up a copy, we're currently running a uh, $0.99 cent promo on the ebook. Mm-hmm. But that's going to end in, in a, a matter days. of days. So you'll put that, probably want to put that out. That's fine. They can just, they can grab the full price. Oh, now, <laughs> now. You can also, obviously, the 100 Coaches Agency either 100coaches100coaches.com or agency.100coaches.com. A great place to find us, 100 Coaches Agency. And we're both on LinkedIn. I write a newsletter and she's going to be writing a newsletter. Good stuff. We'll have links to both of you on LinkedIn and the website and the book. So once again, thanks so much for joining and appreciate the combo. Yeah, it's great. Thank you, Todd. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to the UpCoach podcast with your host, Todd Herman. I hope you got a lot of value from today's episode. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. You get notified when we drop our next episode every week. Just type in the UpCoach podcast in the search and click the subscribe button on your favorite listening platform. And a review, a little star rating, wouldn't hurt. And finally, all the show notes, tips, links shared, and the transcript is over at upcoach.com slash podcast, where you can also get your free trial for our modern transformation platform, specifically built for coaches and creators that care. The UpCoach podcast is produced by our friends at Ventures FM. Now that's all for this episode. We'll see you next time. And of course, keep on coaching.